those two words in every situation those two words the word but of course is a contrasting word God is a person if you can remember just that but God doesn't matter what the situation is doesn't matter how horrendous it is those two words are transformational because it takes you out of just your life and your feelings and your circumstance and it puts your eyes on the greater story you are a sinner in need of a savior That's a fact that Pastor Daniel wants you to remember as you begin today's message. Every person on earth has done more wrong than right, and there's no way to reach heaven on your own. But there is a solution. Jesus came to save you. Through his death on the cross, you have an option to leave your sins behind and start a new life. Jesus has taken care of it all, so come to him to find your life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 3 as he begins his message, But God. You know, it's kind of a common question today, does God still do miraculous things? And, And it's a great question. And you know, no matter how long you walk with the Lord, if you have eyes to see, you see that God can do the most extraordinary things. I just saw this just recently. I, I took a trip to the great state of Illinois, into Chicago, and I was going there to go minister at a church. They're in the beginning stages of a, of a transition with their senior leadership, so I, I, they invited me to come on out. And so sure enough, I, I almost never traveled to places like the Northeast in the wintertime, just in the same way I don't travel to Arizona in the summertime, you know what I mean? Because my mama didn't raise no dummy, like I, you know. I, but sure enough, I ended up going on out to Chicago, and it was amazing because you know, if you know me at all, you know that when you go to a place like Chicago, you know, I'm going on a food eating tour while I do ministry. And so sure enough, like we get there and I'm like, all right, let's go find some Chicago style pizza. And so they brought on out, you know, a deep dish stuffed Chicago style pizza. And of course, since we're there, we have to order like the meat, meat and more meat. That was the name of the thing. And it was like, you know, it had sausage and it had pepperoni and it had bacon and ham all like within like seven pounds of cheese. You know, and so sure enough, you know what I mean? As the food comes on out, we love Jesus. So I'm like, let me pray. I said, Lord, only you cannot make us get huge on this pizza. So Lord, will you just do what you got to do? In Jesus' name, amen. And then we just devoured that thing. It was like, it was just unreal. And so after it was over, I remember I was driving home. And if you ever heard the phrase food coma, that was where I was. I was in the food coma. And I remember driving home and being like, tomorrow we're having smoothies all day. That was what I thought, you know. So sure enough, the next morning I woke up and I wasn't hungry until about noon. And then sure enough, one of the pastors at this church said, hey, Pastor Daniel, there's a New York style pizza place here. Now, listen, I'm of the belief that like when you're here on the West Coast, when it says New York style, you just avoid it. 
Because it's like, you can't get New York-style pizza here in the Northwest. It's not like we're as far from New York and America as you can get, you know? And so I got to skip that. But I was in Chicago, and I know, you know, Al Capone came from Chicago. So it's like, we're going to be all good. And so, so they took me to this place, right? And so I remember we walked on in there, and right away I'm like, okay. They're like, is this real? I'm like, I got to eat something. And the server came out, and I said, so what do you make great here? She's like, everything. And I'm like, what's your best appetizer? She's like, all of it. She's great. She's great. And then she's like, but we make our, what we would say here is mozzarella sticks, right? Mozzarella. How do you guys say it? Mozzarella? Mozzarella. See, I don't say, I didn't grow up saying it that way. It's mozzarella. That's a different. So yeah. So, so, so she's like, we make them from scratch. I'm like, ooh, nice. Make it. I'm like, we'll take those. And then, and I'm like, and we'll take some garlic knots too. Right. And I'm like, I'll know within one bite of, of one of these things if we're in for the real deal. And so sure enough, they came on out and it was heaven on earth. You know, and so then we like let's order some calzone. We got some pizza, and we brought it out. And each thing that's coming out, we're talking to the lady, and we're like, "This is the best food ever." And then it was dessert time. You know what I mean? Now we'd already eaten way too much, right? And so it was, it was like I thought. I thought one of the guys I was with me, he was going to go home to see Jesus. Like we were just, but like I was excited. I didn't know when the next time I was going to get to do this was. And so we started asking about the desserts, and she's like, "Well, you know, I make all, I make everything." Uh, from scratch here. So we have New York style cheesecake. We have uh, cannolis, challah, you know, and, and then she's like, and we make homemade crumb cake. And I'm like, ooh. And I'm like, how much crumb is on there? She's like, half the cake. And I'm like, we'll take one of each of those. You know what I mean? And so we, we brought them all out and like we were, we were sharing it. There was three guys, there was three desserts, but we were sharing it. It was doing a family style. And then by the time it was over, the lady came over and she's like, Thank you so much. Like, thank us. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, you're amazing. Do you want to move to Vancouver, Washington? You know? <laughs> then she's like, no, it was just so much fun feeding you guys. Here, I'm going to give you guys a pizza to take home with you. <laughs> so, but this was day two of an eating tour. You know what I mean? And I remember before I said, Lord, there's no way we're going to eat healthy on this meal. So, Lord, only you can take care of this. So, sure enough, when I got home, I was really freaked out. And I didn't want to get on the scale. Because I didn't want to get all ballooned up before Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, you want to, like, kind of cut down so you can balloon up during the, the holidays. But sure enough, God is miraculous. I stepped on the scale. I lost three pounds. <laughs> can I get an amen? So the rule is just eat pizza and you're going to lose weight. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I, was so, I was so awesome because, like, there's that part of me. I'm enjoying the food, but I'm thinking to myself, this is not going to go good. You know what I mean? I know how it goes. Like Thanksgiving, like you pace yourself and everything, but you know how it goes. It's like once you get a little bit of the flavor and you just keep, you know how it goes. So I was really nervous about it. And I remember just each prayer is like, everyone was like chuckling, Lord, only you can make this, make us lean and ripped and wonderful. Like, you know, and they were all giggling, but I was praying in faith and God did work. Now, the reason I bring this up is, because in this series, Life Intention, we have seen the Apostle Paul is sparing no expense to make sure we realize something very simple, but also very challenging. And that's the fact that you and I are not perfect. You've never had a perfect day in your life. Unless the perfect day was you being perfectly messed up. That's just, people don't like to hear that. People think the Bible is negative, but the Bible is realistic. See, for each one of us, none of us have ever been our best self every single day of our lives. And because of that, this is the very reason why Jesus has come. But the Apostle Paul is smart because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. He realizes that people don't really like to hear that, 
right? So he took his time and systematically unpacked all these different groups of people. And this is how you realize that you are what the Bible would call a sinner in need of a savior. And it's amazing. Paul wrote this stuff 2,000 years ago. You go through our community today, through our globe today, and you tell somebody, listen, you're a sinner in need of a savior. People say, what are you talking about? I mean, I was one of those people for a long time. I was like, you're a sinner. You know, like, leave me alone. You know, that was the way my mind worked. It's like, I didn't want to hear that about myself. Although, if I was willing to be honest for just one moment with who I was and where I was at and what the content of my life looked like, it'd be really, really easy to say, yeah, like, I'm kind of messed up. And what's amazing is, is now 20 years into walking with Jesus, I can say that more for certain today than I could 20 years ago. And so we've systematically seen a simple fact that everybody is in need of a saving. Everyone needs a savior. You do, I do. No matter how good or bad your life has been, no matter on the scale of severity of what messes life looks like, everybody needs a savior. And the thing is, is for many of us, when we hear we're a sinner in need of a savior, all we hear is we're a sinner and things are negative. But the thing is, the line is not just you're a sinner, it's you're a sinner and Jesus is a savior. And I believe that there are two words. If you can remember these two words, these two words will change your life at every turn. You ready? I want you to write these words down. But God, but God. If you can remember those two words in every situation, those two words, the word but, of course, is a contrasting word. God is a person. If you can remember just that, but God, doesn't matter what the situation is, doesn't matter how horrendous it is, those two words are transformational because it takes you out of just your life and your feelings and your circumstance, and it puts your eyes on the greater story. And today I want to show you how the Apostle Paul In the end of Romans chapter 3, he's been looking at how broken humanity is. And then he turns it and he says, but God. So open up in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. We're going to be taking verses 21 to 31 today as we finish up Romans chapter 3. So if you brought your Bible with you today to Crossroads, good for you. I want you to bring your Bibles with you to church. It's just a practical skill. I always say the Bible is called in the, in the scriptures, a sword It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And anybody like I've never fenced or anything like that. I've never been a samurai, although that would be super cool, you know, but I imagine that a samurai, like you have one sword that you use, you know, the weight of it, you know, the feel of it as a musician, the instrument, I have one instrument that I like to play because I know where everything is on it. In the same way with your Bible, you want to have that one Bible that you know where it all is. Now you could read a million Bibles, but you have that one that you're really good at. Like, you know, where the verse Verses on the page. Or, of course, if you like to read the Bible on your smart device, you can open it up, type in Romans 3, colon 21 to 31, and you'll find it. The book of Romans is towards the beginning of the New Testament. You have the four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, and then the book of Romans. Now, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 21 of Romans 3. It says, But now the righteousness of God. Apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely 
by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, I don't know if you noticed it, but that's one good run-on sentence, isn't it? I love that. There's so many commas and semicolons, and it's just awesome. Now, I know you're all like, what does this mean? I'm going to tell you. Notice it starts with, but now. Right? So that's where I get the, but God. But now. The righteousness of God, apart from the laws revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. Brothers and sisters, I like to say it this way. Jesus gives the best gift, and that is salvation. Jesus gives the best gift. He gives the gift of salvation. See, before the moment of the but, we're seeing how broken humanity is. And not only is it there, Paul comes back to it again in verse 22 at the end. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see what he's saying there? He's saying, when you break it all down, all have sinned. Everybody has missed the mark of being the perfect version of themselves in light of the perfect Savior, Jesus. See, being a sinner is not only that you're not the best version of yourself. Being a sinner is also that when you're compared to the perfect person who's Jesus, you failed as well. So not only do we not live up to our own standards, we do not live up to God's perfect standards. So for all have sinned, and because all have sinned, we have all, it says, fallen short of the glory of God. Now what's amazing is, is those words in the Greek, it's in actually the present tense, which speaks of continuous action. See, because we have sinned, we keep on falling short of God's splendor and his perfections. So if that's the only story, it's super depressing, isn't it? Right, I've sinned and fallen short of the glory. At every turn, you say the wrong thing, you think the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing. You do the right thing, thinking it is, and you realize it's the wrong thing. If you didn't know that, just ask your spouse, you know. You're trying to do good, and you just messed it up anyway, right? So you keep this happening. But the thing is, is that Jesus came to give the most amazing gift, that while we were sinners, Jesus still died for us. I love this. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. See, no one is saved by the law. The law gives the understanding or the knowledge of sin. But now God's righteousness apart from the law has been revealed. And it's been testified by the law and the prophets. Now, think about how powerful that is. See, the law reveals to us our need for God. Right? But the law also testifies to us of salvation in the name of Jesus. Although Jesus isn't named, the concept of God's forgiveness and his grace is all through the law of Moses. To the point where, remember when Jesus was walking and John the Baptist said, oh, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You realize that John the Baptist is, has huge mosaic law overtones, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That all speaks of the Levitical sacrificial system. 
See, so the law can't save you. God's righteousness apart from the law is revealed in the person of Jesus, even though the law and the prophets said it would be the case. You might say, well, the righteousness of God has been revealed. What? Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You see that? See, God's righteousness is given to us as a gift through faith in Jesus. Now, right here, at this moment, this is the big deal now. Because if God is righteous, God always does the things that pertain to what is right, right? The only way that God's righteousness becomes operative in your life is through faith in Jesus. Now you have to ask yourself, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? See, it's that simple. People struggle with this. They're like, well, why does it have to be through faith in Jesus? Why can't I have faith that I'm growing or that I'm a good? It's a good thing to grow, but just because you're not as bad as you used to be doesn't mean that you're worthy of salvation. See, the reason the Bible puts such an emphasis on putting faith in Jesus because Jesus already lived a life that was without sin. That's why he was the acceptable sacrifice. And see, this is such good news because left up to my own devices, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and so have you. Even on your best day, you're still wildly in need of salvation. But God sent Jesus, and Jesus lived the perfect life that we were supposed to live, that we failed to live. And because of that, he was God's gift. And when you say, I am trusting in the perfectly lived life of Jesus, then God's righteousness now is applied to your life. It becomes operative in your life. And it doesn't matter what your background was. It doesn't matter the ethnicity that you grew up in or the kind of home that you grew up in or if you had good parents or bad parents or if your parents had cleanliness, which is next to godliness or not, or if they had good hygiene. It doesn't matter what your education level was. It doesn't matter if you have a rap sheet as long as the day is or if you've never missed a day of school or work in your entire life and you're a goody two-shoes. It doesn't matter. Because for the person who puts their faith in Jesus, God's righteousness is now given to them. I don't know about you, but that's a big thing. Because we live in a day and age where people want to have faith in faith. I have faith in whatever I have faith in today. And that's even true within the church. Where it's like sometimes within the church, people worship faith. When really... We have faith in Jesus. Jesus is the object of our faith. He's the centerpiece of our lives. And that's why Jesus said in John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, God sent Jesus to save, not to condemn the world, to save the world. You may be saying, well, but why is so many, so much condemnation to me? See, Jesus actually said, if you were to go on in that passage, that the world is already condemned. Because we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That God's punishment upon lives that are less than perfect is just. So the reality is, is the only hope that humanity has is Jesus. Now, all the other things you can get yourself involved in, that will help you, they'll help you. But none of them will save you. I was talking to someone the other day and they said, so, you know, listen, I've been clean and sober now for two months and are you saying that I shouldn't be involved in a 12-step program? I'm like, no, absolutely, you should be. It's the best thing for you. But completing the 12 steps and being sober isn't going to save you. You'll just be clean and sober, which is a good thing. 
So here's the thing. Most people get themselves completely upside down financially in the holiday season because you buy people gifts that they don't really need and then you run up your credit cards and you can't afford it and then you got all those stress and all the stuff that goes on and either way you buy it for them they want to take it back and just get a gift card anyway and so you know how it goes, right? And so what happens is, is that you, you do this thing. Now, if you put yourself on a Christmas budget, which I do recommend, is that a good thing? Yes. Will that save you? No. You'll just have less financial stress at the other end of it. For a lot of us, seeing your family on Thanksgiving is about as much fun as running an ultra marathon, which I don't even know how long that is, but it sounds like a really long way because it's ultra, right? I think it's three marathon. I don't know what it is. I, I just heard about, I heard someone ran an ultra marathon. I'm like, someone needs to have more things to do with their time. Anyway, not knocking it, but uh, good night, you know? But the idea is that for some of us, you go to see your family and it's miserable, Right? Like you just want to, you want to kill them. They want to kill you. We're just grateful you made it through it alive, you know? But here's the thing. If you go and you decide you're just going to be kind to your family and you're not going to fight with them, you're not going to get mad at them about all the silly stuff that they say, that's a good thing. And you could be a peacemaker within your family by not fighting. You know what I mean? But guess what? If you have a good Thanksgiving, is that going to save you? No. Is it good for your family that you were a peacemaker? Yes. See, here's the thing. Jesus is the only way for a person to be saved. Every other religious tradition, whether, you know, we lived in it, there's, there's organized religion or the popular religion today, of course, is disorganized religion, right? People don't like traditional religion. They like contemporary religion, which is I just pull up to the smorgasbord buffet of whatever beliefs I have and I try things out. I'm here to tell you, guess what? All those things leave you still in need of a savior. Because the very fact you needed to pull up to those things proved that you needed a savior. And the only hope that humanity has is Jesus. Because if you put your faith and trust in him, he shares his perfections with you. That's what the Bible teaches. And for you and I, what we see in these verses is that even though we've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, it says in verse 24, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So the beauty is, is although you and I are flawed and we fail in innumerable ways, God has chosen to justify us freely by the redemption. That word redemption means to be bought back from slavery. That's in Christ. So, but God, although we're fallen, but God, God has redeemed us. Jesus is But God, two words that remind you that your creator has solved it all. He's taken your sin and nailed it to the cross with his son. He's still stepping in to give you comfort, protect you from the enemy, and guide your every step. The next time you feel overwhelmed with life, Pastor Daniel wants you to remember those two powerful words, But God. Lean on him for every situation you encounter, good and bad. He'll be there. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you your life, 
your death on the cross and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400-51400, and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED. S-A-V-E-D to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel lays out the next steps for you. You've learned how wonderful your Savior's love is for you and how His grace has covered all your sins. Now it's time to tell someone. Jesus asked all of His followers, you included, to go into all the world and share the good news of grace. That's meant for everyone, no matter who they are or where they're from. Go share the gospel today. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, Life Intention. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.